Hi friend, let's be honest. If you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and full. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, maybe you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real. Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. In truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm excited you're listening today. We are nearing the end of our series where we've been talking about ish, identity, and impetus, and how those concepts relate to finding something real. If you are curious about the series and would like to know more, please go check out earlier episodes or visit my website at www.janellewood.com where you can sign up to receive the free study guide that goes along with this series. Also, if you head over to the website during the month of December, you're going to find other freebies, including a joyful giving project, gift ideas, and special giveaways. I love Christmas, and it's a bit of a festive party over on the website right now, so I want you to know that you're invited to that. Today, friend, you are in for a special treat. I am interviewing some special people for this episode. My guests are currently serving as missionaries in Costa Rica. They are parents to nine That's right, nine young children. They have a passion for Jesus and for people, and I'm super stoked to hear their story today. Welcome, Justin and Griffin Benedict. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. (laughs) Oh, thank you for taking the time to make this interview work today. I know you guys have a lot going on. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Yep. Not not too often is there a a dull moment, even at home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys have nine kids, and I just have one at home right now. My other three are at school. And mine just got up from nap, so you may hear her in the background too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. You'll probably hear a little bit of noise in our background as well. <laughs> Perfect. So would you guys mind uh, starting out just by sharing a little bit about who you are and what your ministry is? We really would consider ourselves a very average family, um, as in for years, you know, had a very average life, like uh, a house and all the things that you collect over time uh, as a family and uh before we were called into the mission field, um, we had five children. You know, it, it was just a matter of us beginning to be challenged by the Lord in what He was doing in our lives and realizing and uh, kind of coming to a point of recognizing that there's more to life than just what, what I have to say is just living the American mm-hmm. dream, just to live life trying to get through and pay a house off and all those things. And um, so when God started to challenge us in those things, that's what really opened our hearts in recognizing that all the issues of life don't really mean much um, when you really put it in the big scheme of things with with Mm. God and His purpose for our life. So you didn't always know you wanted to be missionaries? Nope. 
<laughs> no, we had no plan to be missionaries. And as a matter of fact, when the <laughs> Lord started challenging us, we still didn't know what he was asking us to do. So a um, little backstory, Justin, you know, being in a, a Christian band for many years, he actually sat in the back of a, a church listening to a missionary. He had led worship that night and he was listening to a missionary and he he says to me, boy, I'm glad we're not called to be missionaries. <laughs> so, you know, God has a sense of humor. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> I want to follow up on that because, so one of my questions, which uh, was coming a little later, is I remember this song. I don't know if you guys remember it, but it was back in the early 90s. And it was something along the lines of, please don't send me to Africa. I don't think I've got what it takes. I'm just a man. I'm not a Tarzan who likes lions, gorillas, and snakes. And um, I'll serve you here in suburbia in my comfortable middle-class life. But please don't send me out into the bush where the natives are restless at night, right? And I remember just laughing along to that. And I think you touched, Griffin, on something that a lot of people feel, which is, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Uh, But I like my comfortable life here. And why would I ever how would I even know that God was calling me? So would you talk a little bit more about how you knew that God was calling you out of something? And clearly, Justin, you had something going on. You were in a Christian rock band. I mean, that was pretty cool. So how how did you give that up and why? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll answer half of this, I guess. Um, we just really, really, really started to read what the Word was telling us, you know, uh, especially through the Gospels and just the life of Jesus mm. and just his amazingness, you know, and the fact that, you know, he's asking us to just be in surrender in our lives and just reading through all these things in the Word and just going, what are we truly living for? You know, what what are we truly, truly living for? You know, are we living to just have a a comfortable padded life or a retirement or whatnot, but God really, what do you want us to see? Um, and so we really just began to examine our lives, you know, and, 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 uh, and so, so as we begin to examine that just in our, our quiet time, the Lord began to challenge us and just go, you know, why, why is paying your house off like so important that, you know, it, it affects our choices on being sure that we have this really good job and we're where we are so that if anything changes, that's the first thing you come to mind. You know, I got to have all this stability and I'm setting myself up. And it really then it's just like the scripture, Matthew 633, where it just says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all else will be added to you. It's really the center of everything that God did in us is we begin to realize that to seek first his kingdom, we have to look outside of ourselves and our own lives. And uh, so it was like the first thing that God began to challenge us on was we knew he was just saying, you know, I want you to give up your home. And and we didn't know why. Um, I honestly thought maybe the band was going to start doing uh, other tours and it was going to, um, we were already playing with international bands. Um, most of the rock bands that are still around now. But it was one of those challenges of what is God going to do and are we willing to do this? So after a year, my wife, (laughs) um, Griffin here, she just felt like it was finally the right time as well. And at first she didn't quite understand. She's like, well, why? Where are we going? (laughs) It's just a matter of surrender. Um, 
surrendering everything that we have to the Lord, you know, letting him, (laughs) you know, take all those areas in our life and insecurities or, you know, even the things that we feel are stable, (laughs) you know, giving it to him. He, yep. he can use it how he sees fit. Did you guys ever read uh, Crazy Love by Francis Chan? No, we haven't. We've heard, heard a lot about okay. it. <laughs> so I read that book a few years ago and it messed with me like in a great way, right? And it was all about what you guys are talking about, which is, you know, that surrender. Mm-hmm. If God is who he says he is, yep. then how do we respond to that? And it is a personal thing. It looks different for each person, but I truly believe that all believers who have the force of the Holy Spirit moving in their lives are compelled into action of some kind. You know, Jesus said to go, Mm -hmm. and that looks like moving. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, Justin, you mentioned and share your testimony at church a couple of weeks ago that God is calling all of us to move forward. But for some of us, I think we're kind of stuck. Like I mentioned earlier, it's that comfort, it's that fear. How did you know you were being called to something other than the music industry when you were reaching so many people? Excuse the dog yelling in the background. <laughs> but how how did God put it on your heart? Because I think there's a lot of people who have that fear. Like, what if what if I hear wrong? Or what if, right. and, and so they're stagnant. They're caught in that stagnation spot. Mm-hmm. So how do you speak to that? Well, that's probably the the most common question we get asked is how how do you hear the Lord and what He's saying and know it's Him and you know the thing is with the Lord is what He's looking for is it says even in the Word that He is seeking those who are willing to to follow Him and who who desire to call Him their God and so when we desire that the Bible says that if we seek Him we will find Him if we search for Him with all of our heart and so what I what we really believe is in this life. Many times, um, like one of the scriptures I, I always use is, you know, in our life, we're seeking all these other things that are around us that are have really become distractions because there's so much the center of everything. And, and that's understandable because life is busy. But what happens is, is uh, as it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to trust in the Lord. I always say when I'm preaching, I'll say with just the tiniest, smallest part of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then everybody's always like Mm -hmm. shaking their heads like, that's not it. But that is the way we live our life. In most cases, we want to trust in the Lord with this one little part. And then everything that's around us, we rely on as our security. And then when all of that gets taken away or completely um, is lost, then we find that, uh oh, that one little part that I'm trusting God, that's what I, all I have to fall back on. Instead of trusting in the Lord with all of your heart, leaning not on your understanding, acknowledging Him in all of our ways, and He will direct our paths. It's when it's when it's all in Him and anything else happens in this life, we have the most solid foundation. So when we begin to go, there's so much more to this life than what we see, what we have, than having a retirement or anything else. All that stuff's a blessing from God, but it's not to be the center of what we rely on because that can all be taken away in an instant. I've known people who have lost everything. So when you have your reliance on Christ alone, not only is He the one that changes your life, but through His Holy Spirit working within us, He strengthens us. Like We would have never, ever been able to do what we've done 
and go and do what we do unless it was the Holy Spirit working in us and preparing us. So like if you would have, even a year before we went, asked us if we would do what we're doing, give up everything and, and go and serve throughout Central America, we would be like, yeah, right. For what? I mean, we can't do that. But because it's God mm-hmm. that strengthens our hearts and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that is how we can and do anything. And I mean, we like as in every person, but God doesn't force himself on us. He's such a sovereign God and and he calls us. But what we don't realize is the harder we hold on, the less control we really have. The The more we release ourselves from everything else and just let Christ hold on to us, we have the most security and are the most blessed. And that's why after the home, we the Lord really pressed the on my heart first that we're to give up everything and sell everything. And I was like, God, are you really saying that? And so I actually asked God to confirm it through Griffin, my wife. And two weeks later, she came to me like, God, God's speaking something to me. Is he speaking to you? And, and that same day in the morning in our quiet time, (laughs) the Lord gave us both the scripture to give up all and, and to go and don't take anything with you. And we were in two different gospels. So she was excited to share this with me and say, I feel like God's asking for us to give everything up, but he had already told me two weeks before that. So it was a crazy confirmation when I had never said anything to her to have her come up to me and say that. And so we literally being just prepared by God for over a year, uh, we're just ready at that point to do whatever God was showing us to do. And we still didn't even know mission field. It was, it was like one of those things with, okay, what next? So was that a painful process of surrender? I mean, I would think it would be really hard. Was it? I think for me more, <laughs> um, just, you know, <laughs> being a female and having, having your home, your nest, your, you know, everything, uh, over the years of marriage even, and, you know, just your, keepsakes and collectibles, I really had to go through a process of surrender and all those things like, you know, can I count it all rubbish for the, for Christ? You know, can I, can I just be willing to hold everything loosely and not closely and tightly? So yeah, it's harder for me. (laughs) You know, really? So because it wasn't easy, I mean, just being real about this, um, we literally asked the Lord to help everything. If we're going to give it up, let it sell like really quick. And we're like, well, why don't we just do an estate sale and we'll just put everything out and ask the Lord to do this and uh, see why he wants us to do it. And because of his strength, we decided to do it. And it, it, we just knew it was the right thing that he was asking us to do. And so we literally put everything we own outside in front of our house. And I went and drove out to a main road without any other advertisement and just started pounding stakes in with little signs that said estate sale. And the part that was incredible. Um, we still are just, it's like one of those things where you just still think about it and you just go, the only way that happened is by the Lord. Because in three hours, there was so many people that came. I, I couldn't take the money fast enough. And it was like, we literally sold everything in three hours, the entire, it sounds like a crazy story, but it was like, people were hauling stuff off. It <laughs> It was crazy. And in three hours and the last thing was gone and we just delivered a couple last things that someone asked us to bring over to their house. Like it was like this heavy weight lifted off us. And it was like, 
we just had like this peace, like, you know what? For the first time in our life, we can do whatever God wants us to do. And even though we didn't know, there was some security in knowing that we don't have anything else now. And even through that circumstance, it kind of led us to showing us even how to get out of our house as well. And so it was just a, a crazy thing. And then to have one of our kids come to us and be like, I know what's going on. We're being called into the mission field because I've, I've read some stories about missionaries and we're like, missionaries? And we hadn't even thought of that. And so we started kind of looking into it and going, are we being called into the mission field? And then we started just really feeling the presence of God and just his spirit just giving us peace through the Holy Spirit. And and that's that's really when, when it all began for us to start realizing we were being called out into the mission field. And At the same time, you were being asked to go on a lot of different missions trips mm-hmm. through different people that we knew, but also um, different ministries too. And so I think that was also preparation, just kind of like getting your heart and eyes in the world yeah. and on yeah. the world. And it kind of got us to go, oh, wow, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's more to yeah. more to this life. Yeah. yeah, just the Lord preparing us as as he does every person's life. Wow. What an amazing story. Justin, so I, I want to hear for you too. Did you, were you raised in a Christian home and to get into a Christian rock band that's opening or playing with, you know, bands that are still uh, playing now that people would recognize, like that's a dream come true for a lot of people. So would you talk a little bit about, about that surrender for you? Because I feel like to work so hard to get a dream and then to lay it all down, that's, that's a lot. And what was that like? I mean, mm-hmm. was, it, was that painful for you too? Well, just to be honest with you, uh, you know, I, yeah, definitely missed it. It was when the whole thing was ending, um, I had been in the band even before, um, we were married and let's see at that time we had been married about 14 years, um, when God started doing all that. And so it was, it honestly felt like, uh, like something had died in our family because she was so used to, and the family was me traveling and going and flying to other places and other States. And ultimately, you know, the goal for, um, what we did was to see people give their hearts to Christ. So to see thousands of people give their hearts to Christ and be playing with all these bands. Yeah. It was, you know, it was a quite the dream that God allowed me to be a part of, (laughs) Um, but more than anything, we were watching also as technology was changing and everything. And as things were going away from, uh, CD to all downloads and, and everything, it was kind of like, we're also watching the industry change and with that changing, it kind of, um, it, it just seemed like we were, we were not being able to, uh, minister as much into lives from the stage because it was becoming more and more about the performance and and everything else. And most churches and venues were like, well, don't share anything, just play music. And so what God was doing in my heart was giving me a greater passion for the lost and to share even more with people. So to give up that platform and know that God was asking us to give up all we knew, it had to be something big that he was going to do. And that is really what we just held on to is being willing and watching the Lord do that. So, Wow. And Griffin, how did you feel about that? Because you married a man who was in a rock band 
and now you guys are going and selling everything. I mean, it's just, it boggles my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. It's always just been kind of a crazy life that we've led, you know, in ministry and stuff. And so, um, it was just another step, you know, <laughs> it was just another like a uh, new angle the Lord wanted to use. So it was a change for sure, because, you know, his heart and his life and his, his love for the Lord comes through everything with his music. And so, um, it did feel like a death of the family. It was very strange, you know, not sending him off all the time to go and, you know, share music, but share the Lord. And so, yeah, we were just kind of like, okay, God, well, we know there's more. We knew there was more. We knew that God was doing something. We just were like, kind of, it was hard and in, in, in the waiting, I guess, you know, just um, trying to be patient and waiting on the Lord. Mm. We would, uh, you know, go for drives or, you know, have hikes as a family. Okay, God, what are you doing? We feel your presence with us, but we're just not sure what, what we're supposed to do. So the strengthening and the waiting alone was uh, yeah. such a ministering to our hearts. Wow. And I think more than anything, just even in any person's life, being what, what God is looking for is every heart to just be open. None of us have the answers. Not every person is going to be able to know right away if they're hearing everything from God. You have to wait on the Lord. And if we are willing, God isn't going to let you miss what he's asking you to do. That's the, the part that is incredible. So it's just waiting on him to not only speak to you and guide you if you feel God's leading you in a certain direction, but to watch him confirm it in you know two, three other ways through sometimes other people, circumstances. But it's also not just having somebody else tell you, this is what God wants you to do. It's it's he he tells you through scripture and just personally when you truly seek him mm-hmm. and and in that you like our life you know in giving up all that we feel like we are so much more blessed now than we've ever been and we're walking on on a ground a, a path that is so much more solid and uh b- because it's all established by him i mean it says that in the word of god that man plans his way but god establishes our steps and and that is so true. We try to plan our way, but when God establishes our steps, you know, it, we're not going to be slipping because he's the one that's putting everything in place for us to move forward. And that's what we've really watched in walking by faith. People hear faith and they go, oh, I don't know if I can trust God that way. But it, it's it's the opposite of what you think. It's faith in Christ and following him is the greatest security that you could ever know. And he's never failed us. We've never, I mean, when we went, everybody thought we were crazy because we left everything. We didn't know anything, didn't know anybody <laughs> in Costa Rica. We didn't speak Spanish. And then we found out, baby. <laughs> yeah, we found out we were pregnant with number six. And God gave us the date of November 7th. And that was, you know, now over eight years ago. And the baby was due after that. So here we go going to go have a baby in a country we've never been to. We don't speak the language. And we went with $200 in our clothing and literally only strengthened by God knowing he was going to provide. And since every door was closed to go through a missions organization or a church, because it was like our church didn't have a missions program and every organization wanted too much money to train us. And all the, um, 
things that we had that we sold, everybody's like, oh, well, you probably had all that money. But no, we're like most Americans, we had debt. So by the time we paid everything off, we were literally down to nothing but our car. And when we sold that, that was our plane tickets. And so it was just going and trusting God. And, and the Lord has never let us go hungry. He could, but he is so faithful. It says in his word that, you know, he knows our needs even before we ask him and, and uh, just how much more valuable we are uh, than the birds. And he, he's, you know, he feeds them and takes care of, of them and, Everything is perfectly placed in his hands. And so that's why we only through Christ have not failed and and are still going forward in what he's mm, called us to. Wow. So I think a lot of people, and you kind of touched on this, but a lot of people, non-Christians and Christians alike, struggle with believing they can actually trust God. And it's one thing to say you're a Christian, but it's another thing to be willing to give God access to everything. What encouragement would you give to someone who's holding on to control because they're afraid of what God will do with their life if they surrender it all? Do you want to answer that or you want me? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, in the Word of God, it says that the Lord will be your confidence and keep your foot from being caught. But it's hard <laughs> to look at a scripture and look at what the Word of God says and then believe it in your heart and actually walk forward in it. And so the the biggest thing is that God doesn't expect us all to jump from where we are to a whole nother place. Mm -hmm. He doesn't ask us to jump over the ravine that he's trying to take us over, that he's trying to teach us to walk by faith through. So what, what he does is he looks at our heart and he goes, you know what? I know this is hard and, and you think you can't do this, but trust me with the little things and watch what I can do. And before long, you're trusting him with a lot larger things. and so like if I if we could share all the stories of what God even did to get us to trust him by faith, um, especially someone who doesn't have a relationship with God or isn't sure in your seeking, it's it's the greatest place that you can put your trust because God never fails you. And even when people say that, you know, a loved one passed away, God, where was God in that? Or you know, the, the most common one you hear is why is there so much starving around the world? And you hear all these issues, but we live in a world that is full of, you know, of evil, of uh, what God calls sin. And because of that, the result of it and the consequences of it are a lot of suffering all around the world, but God is there in the midst of it. We've seen God touch people, heal people. We've seen God stop a heart attack when we had no doctors around and in Nicaragua, in the middle of nowhere, we've watched God do all these things. And all you can do is say, well, is that just a story or are they really did they really live that? But God is real. And when you put your trust in him, it's it's when you're able to finally go, oh, I've been missing. I, God has done so much in my life. And I just took it as it was just coincidence when really it is God who has done so much and it is he who holds my life in his hands. And so it's, and that's why it's called faith. You know, the Bible says that we're saved by faith because of his grace, not of ourselves. It says in Ephesians 2, 8, and um, that it's a gift from God. Mm. And because of it being a gift from him, we didn't have to do anything. We don't have to be like, oh, I got to take all these classes in this religion or, mm. 
I got to go and, and try to do all these good things in the community. Have I done enough this year? It's that's the part that's freeing is knowing that though we can do all these good things, it doesn't change that we all, every person, as it says in Romans three twenty three, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that we're all sinners. And because of that sin, if God's truly a holy God, uh, it says that the wages of sin is death. The result of it is, is that God can't allow any person into heaven or to be with him, you know, because of our, our sinful nature. And so that is why it was required for Jesus to take the punishment for us on the cross. And, and that is where our hope lies. It isn't in the religion or anything else. And that's why God just called us out and we're ordinary people who went. And now we can see, we can go anywhere, work with anybody, and there's no divider because people aren't looking going, well, what, what denomination are you from? What religion are you with? And we're just like, no, we, gotta, we are just here to follow Christ. He's our everything. He's given us life. He's the one that provides. He's protected us. So that is the greatest security you can have. And if you're without hope or depressed or anything else, God is the only one that knows the very deepest parts of our hearts, even what we don't understand. And when we begin to say, I'm going to let it go. This life's too short. I just need to give this to God. I'm not even going to worry about it. We've, we've watched God just do so much in that, even in our own lives, in our family, when we didn't have money for things and, and to watch God uh, just completely do what he's going to do as he guides us. And it just gets you, gives you more confidence in him every day. Griffin, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Um, Something that you guys mentioned was that early on, you just took little steps of faith and that you found that God had firm ground with every step. So looking back, especially for someone who's listening, where this just feels like a huge mountain, like, oh my gosh, I could never, ever, ever do that. Um, What were some of the early steps where you saw God just you know, in a very practical sense, providing and saying, Hey, no, I've got you. I got you. I'm right here. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, the beauty of the Lord. (laughs) So, uh, like I said, um, Justin had been traveling throughout the year that he was working in my heart. He had been traveling throughout the whole entire world, different places. Well, one of those places is the Lord took him to Jamaica and he was in the slums in Jamaica and just helping a pastor and just serving the area. And the Lord laid it on his heart to just pay for this pastor's bills. So he did that, came home from his trip. We knew that that's what we were supposed to do, but we really, you know, had a full pantry of stuff, but I I didn't have eggs and we didn't have the money to do, to go buy eggs. So before church one morning, I just, Lord, I really, I just, I need some eggs. And just silently just told the Lord that. And we walked into church, sat down, you know, things are getting ready and, and worship was going on and, and everything. And, uh, we noticed this man come in the back and he's got a brown bag and he just looked kind of like he was on a mission and he needed, he needed help or something. I don't know. He just looked <laughs> restless, you know? And, he walks up to me and puts the brown bag in my lap and he says, you need these. <laughs> and, and just walked out, walked out the door, walked out the back door. And I open up the bag 
and it's two dozen eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, you know, obviously from the Lord, but it, it was just such an awesome thing that the Lord did is like baby steps, you know, in this year of starting to surrender things, starting to learn to trust the Lord. Uh, it was just one of those sweet things that the Lord did for me. So that's just one, one thing. <laughs> wow. So the finding something real podcast, it's about a journey towards redemption, a restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love of those four gifts that we can find in Jesus Christ. Which of those stand out to both of you the most in your life right now and why? Uh, all of them are amazing. <laughs> um, I mean, all of them go so hand in hand, you know, Yeah. like I feel like God's always restoring us. He's always working in us. Right. You know, and redeeming us, always redeeming us. I mean, we're the fallen <laughs> and his love is incredible. Uh, walking with that every day. I mean, all of them are amazing. Really. Yeah, I think I think all really all those have to come together in order to understand what God's doing in every person because every person needs to be restored in some way, redeemed in another way uh, because he's continually preparing us. Uh, as it says, he who began a good work in us, he'll continue to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so he's doing that work in each of us. And for every person, you know, there might be more need for different types of healing and and a, a work that's going to go deeper because of the past. But for others, just being redeemed, knowing that, wow, we're free in Christ and and that we can rest in that every day, knowing that every day is a new day and his his grace is is enough for each of us to know that we can press on every day because of his sovereignty and that his sovereignty that he knows that we're never going to reach the mark. We're always going to fall short. And that's why we need Christ mm -hmm. uh, more than anything every day. And that's like the, the one of the greatest things that we um, in our own lives, I have to say, uh, has empowered us and strengthened us through the Holy Spirit is being in the word of God every morning and yeah. getting in his word every day, because without his word, it's just spiritually you go dry. And just like you don't like to go without food phys for your physical being, your spiritual being can't go without food either. If we don't get in the word, we, we just go dry. And, and that wellspring of life that Christ is in us, that just begins to, to rise up in us and continues to flow uh, just overflows out of us and into every person. And you'll never go dry when you allow him to continue to be the one that is pouring into us and, and reaching those depths in our hearts where not even us as a couple can reach, you know, and I can't meet every need of her and she can't always meet every need of me, you know, that I have, but Christ can always go to those depths and understand even the things that we don't understand and why we feel a certain way or, uh, why we are struggling and and uh, in his through his word it just empowers us his word never returns void it accomplishes what it's set out to do mm -hmm. amen so if people want to know more about your ministry do you guys have a website or something so they could learn more about how they could support you or or learn more about your story the last website we had it, it actually went went down and so we we have to get a new website up we're actually in the process of um, trying to 
work through that to get a new website up. You can go to Christ Center Kashmir, Washington. Go to their website and look under missions, and you can find our family there. Um, for right now, uh, that's a church that receives donations for us, and they can go and, and donate to what God is doing through there. Um, through their church, we get 100% of it. So when you donate, you click on that it, to go to the um, Benedict family in Costa Rica. And and they don't we don't have any administrative fees or anything. It goes to 100% to missions. And so that's the best way. Um, they're like an umbrella for us mm -hmm. um, to give to us. And also the, they're working on getting more information on their site about us up there. But we're under the missions on there and um, you can also hear me sharing my testimony i uh, just shared a couple of weeks ago on their their website it's on video streaming on their live stream so we do have a newsletter that we send out every month um and also through christ center you can get on that newsletter as well so awesome. I think that's helpful <laughs> awesome that's great so when you guys you guys have been in the states for a few months you're headed home what what are you going to be doing when you get back there? <laughs> Actually, like two <laughs> days after we get back, we're, we're uh, going to be speaking in a church. But um, also our kids are super involved in ministry. I mean, that's our heart is to raise our family to just serve the Lord and, and do what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So we're doing it together anyways. So our kids are doing a, a program a couple days after we get back for some kids in a in an area. Um, and so we're just going <laughs> to... Have some fun. <laughs> yep, doing something kind of for Christmas. <laughs> awesome. So. Wow, that's amazing. You guys are amazing. Justin and Griffin, thank you so much for taking the time to encourage others with your story uh, today. To God be the glory. Until Amen. next time. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real. Per usual, you can also follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag finding something real. Every Thursday around 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I try to jump on there and host an Instagram live where we recap the week's episode, talk with friends and answer any questions that might come up. So feel free to join me on there. And of course, you can also sign up for the free study guide that goes along with this current series by heading over to my website at www.janellewood.com. Remember, friends, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.